Aloha, you're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. I'm your host, Chad Ford. Today, I'm flying solo to discuss Mock Draft 1.1, which I just released on my new website, www.nbabigboard.com. It's an email subscription service that you can sign up for. They're a free post. They're a paid post. I'm going to talk about our mock draft today, 1.1, why I updated it, and a few things that I think our listeners might be really interested in as we start to get a closer look at who's drafting where in the 2021 NBA draft. And Mock Draft 1.1, we released it because a couple of things happened from our Mock Draft 1.0. First of all, the NBA regular season ended. There was a play-in tournament. We finally figured out who the 14 teams were that were going to be in the lottery. And then because of some tied draft records, there was a draft tiebreaker that the NBA used to figure out lottery odds and the actual order of the draft. And now that we know what the lottery odds are for the 14 teams that are going to be in the NBA draft lottery, as well as the order in which teams 15 through 30 and actually 15 through 60 are going to be picking in the draft, we start to get a better idea of who's picking where in the draft. Obviously, there's still the lottery. Uh, That's going to take place on June 22nd. We'll update our mock draft then once we know who actually has the number one pick in the draft or whatever. But we've got draft odds. And and since 2019, the three teams with the worst record in the NBA each have a 14% chance of getting the top pick. That's why when I start talking about the odds, you'll you'll see that, that the Houston Rockets, the Detroit Pistons, and the Orlando Magic have the exact same odds. They have a 13.42% uh, 42% chance of getting the second pick and a 12.75% chance of landing the third pick. Essentially, all that adds up to 52% uh, chance of landing in one of those uh, top uh, four per- uh, four positions, and that's the lottery now picks the top four positions. And we just go from there. And so I want to talk about uh, draft odds for some of these teams, who they might be looking at right now, and where Mock Draft 1.1 is playing out right now. If you're interested in reading the Mock Draft, again, go over to my website, www.nbabigboard.com. Give us your email. Top five picks are free. If you want to read uh, read further, uh, 6 through 30, uh, give us your email, $7 a, a, a month, uh, $70 a year, and you're going to get a ton uh, of stuff as we get closer to the draft. So let's start with the Houston Rockets. They uh, are one of three teams with the best shot of having the number one pick in the draft. They have a 14% chance of the number one pick, a 52.1% chance of winning a top four pick. And one of the things that's relevant for the Rockets is that if they don't get a top four pick in the draft, they must send their pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And so right now, 52.1% chance they pick it, it's it's really 50-50 that the Rockets even have their pick this year, and the Thunder could potentially have two top five picks, and we'll talk about that in a second when we get to the Thunder. But assuming for a minute that they get the number one pick in the draft, I have the number one on big board, or sorry, on mock draft 1.1, Cade Cunningham, and, and I'll just say this about Cade Cunningham, it is looking more and more likely 
that he is going to be the number one pick in any scenario that we can really think about or discuss right now. He, he It seems like every team and scout that I'm talking to in the league has Cade Cunningham number one. I mean, we'll see more on on lottery night on who actually gets the number one pick and which way it may go. But it's it's looking highly likely that Cade Cunningham is going to be the number one pick in the draft, regardless of who drafts where. And certainly for the Rockets, he fits a need. Uh, it's really a no-brainer to have a versatile wing with his feel for the game and the way he can see the floor, the way he can defend multiple positions. Uh, I think he's a no-brainer for the Rockets, but I could also say that about a lot of the other teams there. So right now in Mock Draft 1.1, the Rockets get Cade Cunningham. Detroit Pistons also have that 14% chance of getting a number one pick. They have a 52.1% chance of getting a top four percent, uh, top four pick. And something that at least I find maybe a little bit interesting is that this is a five-player draft. I think that pretty much everyone agrees that the top five players in this draft are the players that everyone covets in this draft. We're talking about Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, and Jalen Suggs. Those are the guys that everybody's after. And so it's also relevant to talk about, well, what are your chances of landing in the top five? And actually, interestingly, because Houston has to send their fifth pick if if they were to get number five uh, over to the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Pistons actually have the best chance of landing in the top five. They have a 79.9% chance. That's a really good odds if you're Detroit. I have them selecting Jalen Green, and I know that's a surprise to some people because Evan Mobley in many quarters is considered like the number two guy in this draft and certainly could be the pick for Detroit. Uh, He certainly would be a fit there as as well next to Isaiah Stewart. But Green has this star factor uh, to his game. He has the potential to be the best scorer in the draft class, something that Detroit desperately needs. And there's some scouts that just feel like, okay, if there's going to be a guy that you're really going to build a team around and Cade Cunningham is not on the board, that guy is Jalen Green. He has that it factor, however you want to frame it. We had Brian Shaw on the, uh, on the show recently. He was talking about the same thing. All of that to me points to Green being a fit and the potential number two pick in the draft if the Pistons were to get the second pick in the draft going to Detroit. At three, the Orlando Magic. Again, same draft odds of winning the number one pick in the draft, 14%. Same odds of getting a top four pick, 52.1%. Odds change a little bit if you talk about them getting a top five pick at 66.9%, but still very good chance Orlando is going to be drafting one of these guys. I have them taking Evan Mobley at three, and I know that the the Magic have some young centers, Wendell Carter right now, Mobamba, but none of them have the upside of Evan Mobley. And I think for a lot of scouts as well, they see Mobley more as a four than they do a five at the next level of the NBA. They, they feel he can play both positions, but maybe his lack of strength and his advanced perimeter game give him uh, uh, the edge as as a four. And so I, I don't necessarily think he encroaches on, on Wendell Carter and Mobamba, but even if he did, I think every scout would agree right now he is a better prospect than either of those guys. And I think one of the things that mistakes that teams have made in the past in the draft is saying, oh, okay, we've got a pretty good 
we got a pretty good player here at this position. Let's let's pick for position when I definitely don't think that that's what you should do in this case in this draft. And and I, I think any of these five guys, uh, unless you've got an all-star at that position, you should take this guy regardless of need. At four, it's the Oklahoma City Thunder. They won a tiebreaker with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Both finished with the same uh, record. They won the tiebreaker. So if, if either of them or both of them finish outside the lottery, the Thunder will pick before uh, Cleveland. Their odds of winning the number one pick are the same as Cleveland at 11.5%. Odds of winning a top four uh, pick, 45.1%, which is, which is really good. Uh, odds of getting a top five pick, 49.7%. So it doesn't go up quite that much. And the other interesting thing about Oklahoma City is that they could end up with two top five picks. If the Rockets pick fell to five, they would get that pick. And then if the Thunder fall in the top four, uh, which again, they have about a 45% chance of doing, the Thunder could come away just as major, major winners in this draft. Uh, having two top five picks in this draft would be crazy. I like Jonathan Kaminga or Jalen Suggs here for them. I, I see both of them as fits. I went with Kaminga at four uh, with the Thunder. They love long, athletic, multi-positional players with upside. Uh, Kaminga is one of the youngest players in the draft. He's got his highest ceiling, I think any scout would tell you, as, as any player in the draft right now. Just really tailor-made is the type of prospect that Sam Presti has valued uh, over the years. Size, positional versatility, defensive potential, really intriguing uh, for the Thunder. And you put him in the in the front court with Poku and obviously Shai Gilgis-Alexander as your one key cornerstone um, there in the backcourt. Uh, a very, very interesting pick. Uh, the, the Thunder... Could go with 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 uh, Jalen Suggs uh, here and put him in the backcourt with Gilgis Alexander. I would totally defend that as well. I I probably am personally a little bit higher on Suggs than I am with Kaminga, but Kaminga definitely has the higher ceiling. He just has the the scarier floor. That leaves us with Cleveland at five, and I think this is where. You know, fans might get a little frustrated. I have them taking Jalen Suggs. Again, the Cavs have an 11.5% chance of, of winning the number one pick in the draft. Uh, top four pick, 45.1%. Why Suggs when they already have Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, who they took in the lottery in recent drafts here? And again, this is one of those things with, one, I think there's a teardrop here after this. And so you're, you're following into another tier. You don't want to dip into another tier for need. You take the best player available. And if Suggs is there at five, to me, he's clearly the best player that's still available. But the other reason is that Suggs right now projects as a better prospect than either Sexton or Garland. And, and again, I don't think you draft an inferior prospect even though you have players in that position. Sexton can be moved. Garland can be moved. They can all play together. There's multiple ways of figuring this out for Cleveland. If Jalen Suggs is there, he's a no-brainer to me. You take him and you figure out what to do with Sexton and Garland, but you bring Jalen Suggs and his winning attitude and his ability to play on both ends of the ball. Really, the, if he if he slides in the draft to five, it's going to be because he's a slightly undersized and there's questions about his three-point shooting. That That's really it. He, to me, is an incredible prospect and I love him. All right, that leaves us with Golden State 
at six. This is actually the, the Minnesota Timberwolves pick. And so here's what's happening here. Minnesota's odds of winning the number one pick are 9%. They went on a, a run towards the end of the season and moved from being potentially one of those top three teams to, to sliding all the way to the, the sixth worst team uh, in the NBA. Their odds of winning a top four pick are 27.6%. And, and really what we're seeing there is a top three uh, pick because if this pick falls between four or lower, it's going to the Golden State Warriors. So in, in this scenario, Golden State gets this because it's six, but if it was four or uh, it, it won't be five, but if it's four or uh, seven or eight, uh, this will be Golden State's pick. And so very narrow room here for Minnesota to pick up another player. Of course, they would love to get into that top three and add someone when they have Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, that would be amazing for them. Golden State, this is a huge opportunity uh, for them as well. James Wiseman was the number two pick in the draft last year. They don't quite get that top five five guy. They do have a chance, Golden State does, of getting the fourth pick in the draft. It's a 9.9% chance uh, if you're interested in that that sort of thinking. So you know, roughly a 10% chance that Golden State gets the fourth pick. Actually, it's interesting how these odds go that they're best chances of getting the seventh pick at 29.7%. Um, that's their that's their best chance. I have them here at six because they have the sixth worst, worst record. Scotty Barnes uh, out of Florida State is my guy. And it, Scotty Barnes, one of his comps is Draymond Green. And I, I think the Warriors have the right system to use a big toolsy positionless player like Scotty Barnes who can impact winning on, on both ends of the court. He just seems like he's he's going to be a system guy. Uh, Scotty Barnes, there's some teams that I think can really utilize him well and other teams that would struggle to understand how to use Scotty Barnes and his unique skill set that he brings to the table. But man, I, I love the fit in Golden State. I think this is a great get for them. And, and Barnes is the guy, I think, that if you're talking outside of those top five guys, that there's been more of a consensus around scouts that he could be great. And then the big caveat is right coach, right system. Got to use him a particular way. But if you use him that way, um, he could be really great. Obviously concerns about his jump shooting, uh, about his rebounding. You're going to have to figure out how to play a big forward like this um, at uh, essentially at point guard um, because he really needs the ball in his hands. But I, I really like Scotty Barnes. I think this would be a great pick for Golden State if they're there at six. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk about the rest of the lottery, picks seven through 14. You've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to talk to you about my favorite protein energy bar. It's Built Bar. And the thing about that I love about Built Bar is it is the most delicious bar that you're going to be able to get. It it tastes like a candy bar. It's significantly more interesting to eat and taste than any other bar that's out there. It has a ton of, of flavors. There's caramel brownie. There's cookies and cream. There's cherry barcia. Lemon almond cheesecake is a favorite. Um, carrot cake. Apple almond crisp is one of my favorites. And then those, those are the new flavors, and there's like 12 original flavors, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, that's another one of my, my personal favorites, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie, 
All of them are covered in 100% chocolate. They're not chalky or hard. They're actually soft and easy to chew. Uh, they, my kids love them. I have to fight my kids to keep them away uh, from the built bars because they they think they're candy and trust me they have never wanted to eat the energy or protein bars that I've ever had before. I, I use them because I'm a runner and and I love them because they give me uh, energy and they they have low calories. They're low sugar. Uh, they're high protein. They're high fi- fiber. If you're on the keto diet, um, which some of my family members are, uh, that it's it's great as well. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code locked fifteen and you'll get fifteen percent off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built Bar. And we are back talking 2021 NBA Mock Draft 1.1, I just updated it on Tuesday, and now we're doing a little bit of podcast about what's sort of happening uh, here uh, with this mock draft. If you want to go read the mock draft, you can go over to my website, www.nbabigboard.com. The top five picks are free. If you want to read picks 6 through 30, need you to subscribe, give us your email, 6 through 30. Even if you don't want to drop down a credit card right now, give us your email, and every time I update with a podcast or an article or scouting reports or whatever, you're going to find it in your inbox as soon as it's published so you don't have to go check in on the website or on Twitter to find out um, what's going on. We're going to have some other cool features that are happening over at, at Chad Ford's NBABigBoard.com. Uh, so NBABigBoard.com is where you go if you want to read more about this. So we did the top six picks. Now I want to talk about pick seven. That's Toronto Raptors. They have a 7.5% chance of winning the number one pick. Odds of a top four pick, 31.9%. Not not bad. Uh, that's essentially the same odds that they're going to have of winning a top five pick because under the way that this all works uh, with the lottery odds, they can't actually get the fifth pick in the draft. They could only get one of the top four picks in the draft. I have them taking Davian Mitchell out of Baylor. He's an older guard, but he is a Masai Ujiri player all the way. Uh, scouts have compared him to Donovan Mitchell, uh, which is you know funny because of the name, the number, but there is a lot of eerie similarities. I think one of the reasons that you go Mitchell is you look at the trajectory right now of the Raptors and where they want to be. Kyle Lowry um, is likely headed out the door in free agency. I think he's a really great um, fit there. Eight is the Orlando Magic. They have a 4.5% chance of getting the number one pick and a 20.3% chance of getting a top four pick. And and I I should clarify there. At eight, this is the Chicago Bulls pick. And so it's the odds of the Bulls getting a number one pick are 4.5%. The odds of the Bulls getting a top four pick are 20.3%. If it falls out of the top four, which is about an 80% chance that it will, then the Orlando Magic get this um, pick as part of the deal um, that uh, they made at the trade deadline. And the the Nikola Vucevic deal, and this could be the Magic's you know second lottery pick in in the top eight they could end up with a top five pick and then they could end up uh you know with a pick here at eight nine ten depending on how the la- uh the draft lottery plays itself out 
I have the magic selecting Keon Johnson. If you know anything about uh, John Hammond and Jeff Weltman, they love long, athletic uh, players that have huge ceilings, but maybe sort of risky floors. That's Keon Johnson all the way. Uh, He is uh, hyper-athletic, great motor, defends his butt off, doesn't really have a jump shot yet, uh, and that is the question for a shooting guard about whether he's going to be able to develop that someday. The Kings and the Pelicans finished with the same record um, as the Bulls. And so there was a tiebreaker. The Bulls won that tiebreaker. That's why they're at eight. Then the Kings came in second at nine, and the New Orleans Pelicans came in at 10. They all have the same odds of winning the number one pick in the draft. So they essentially took the odds for pick eight, pick nine, and pick 10. They averaged them together. They they added them all up. They divided by three. It ended up with a 4.5% chance. So the Kings and the Pelicans have a 4.5% chance of getting the number one pick, a 20.3% chance of getting a top four pick uh, in the draft. For the Kings, I have them getting Franz Wagner. Uh, and you know the Kings hit draft gold with Tyrese Halliburton last year. I think that Wagner is a really interesting prospect, especially at nine. Uh, analytically, there's a lot to really love about him. Whether he shoots the ball consistently is the big question, but I think he could be a really great fit in Sacramento. And then we go on a little bit of a run of international players with Josh Giddy, the Australian point guard, coming in at 10. He's only 18 and a half years old, but he's putting up really good numbers um, right now in Australia. And given that Lonzo Ball is heading into restricted free agency, and I think that we've also learned that Lonzo Ball can play with another uh, ball handling guard, Giddy's size, elite court vision for a player his age are really incredible. Got to question that jumper a little bit, question his elite athleticism. But Giddy, I think, would be a great fit. And to me, the the best passer, the best sort of instinctual passer in the draft, him or, or, or Sharif Cooper, um, probably are those two guys for me. But Giddy with that great size at his position is is really intriguing. The Hornets ended up at 11. They actually tied uh, for the 11th worst record with the San Antonio Spurs. Again, there was a coin flip by the NBA. The Hornets won it. That's why they sit at 11. The Spurs do at 12. And this one, there's like, because the odds were a little bit uneven, there's a slight difference in the in the odds for the Hornets. They, they have a 1.8% chance of getting the number one pick. The Spurs have a 1.7% chance. So it's very, very close. Odds of winning a top four pick for Charlotte are at 8.5%. And for San Antonio, it's 8%. So a little bit different there. Uh, Alpern and Simgun is the guy that I have the Charlotte Hornets taking at 11. A guy that I think is perhaps the most polarizing prospect in this draft. He's putting up huge, and I mean huge numbers in a Turkish league that is one of the best leagues in Europe. He plays against men every night. He plays against professionals. It's it's really unprecedented what he's doing at this age. It's like what Luka Doncic or Ricky Rubio were doing at their age overseas. But this is not common for a player that's 18 years old to be dominating the league the way that he is. And so for the people that that are in Singun's corner right now, that is going to be the argument. It, this is very rare in, in players that produce at this level in Europe typically don't fail in the NBA. 
Uh, if you can if you can play that well in Europe, you're going to find a home in the NBA. Other people will look at his lack of athleticism, lack of elite size for his position, his more old school sort of game, even though he is starting to build out a perimeter game and starting to show some signs of that. I just think size is something that the Hornets are going to be able to consistently need. You know, Cody Zeller, Bismack Biombo, uh, they've been okay, but you know they're not the long-term answer uh, for a team that's now going to start building uh, around Lamelo Ball. At twelve uh, to the San Antonio Spurs, it's Jalen Johnson out of Duke, uh, who at the time that he at, that we started this whole college basketball season was considered a top six, seven, eight pick. I think this sort of splits the difference uh, with the Spurs at 12. Uh, again, polarizing in many ways because there's things that he does really well. He's an excellent playmaker. He's a really good rebounder. He's very versatile for his position. And things that he doesn't really do well, like the offense stalls around him when he's in the half court. And he's much better in transition uh, than he is in half court right now. He's at 12. The Indiana Pacers... Uh, are at 13, they have a 1% chance of getting the number one pick in the draft, 4.8% chance of getting the top four pick, Moses Moody, uh, the Arkansas wing, uh, is the guy who can really shoot it from three but isn't a great athlete. And then the Golden State Warriors. So the Golden State Warriors are another team that could end up with two picks in the lottery. The Magic are another one of those teams, and the Thunder are the third team, again, depending on what happens uh, with the draft lottery, uh, 0.5% chance of, of winning the number one pick, 2.4% chance of getting the top four pick. They end up in the lottery because they lost both of their play-in games. And even though they had a better record than the Memphis Grizzlies, because they didn't make the playoffs, they get that lottery position. That's why they're there at 14. I have them taking Jared Butler. And one interesting thing is Butler, who's coming off a national championship uh, a guy that won most outstanding player in the final four has not declared for the draft at the uh, time of recording this podcast, uh, which is really interesting. May 30th is the deadline for underclassmen to declare for the NBA draft. Butler has not done so. This is probably higher than a lot of people might have Butler on their big board. But I think that if you look at what Butler can do, he can play both the one and two excellent three-point shooter, defends both positions well, low-mistake player uh, who just has that great sort of winning work ethic. He seems like the type of guy that could step right in and contribute to Golden State, and that's what they need uh, right now. All right, when we return, we will talk about picks 15 through 30 in Mock Draft 1.1. You've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to talk about our new sponsor, rockauto.com. It's a family business. It's been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. And if you think about chain stores and they have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody. They're reliably low. They offer the lowest possible prices rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then you choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. 
Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we are back talking 2021 Mock Draft 1.1. I just updated it on Wednesday. You can go read the whole thing, all the picks, www.nbabigboard.com. That's my new newsletter and website. Uh, first five picks are free. If you want to subscribe, $7 a month, $70 a year. Would love to have your support. Uh, this is how I make my money now uh, doing doing draft stuff right now. There's no advertising on the side. It's 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 totally subscription based. Could really use your support if you're a listener and want to get more info. We're gonna have big boards. Gonna have all sorts of things coming. Uh, coverage of the of the draft combine. Lots of great stuff coming down the uh, down the pipe. Head over to www.nbabigboard.com. All right, we talked about the lottery. Let's talk about picks 15 through 30. I just want to go through a, a few highlights here uh, of a few guys that I think are interesting. One is right there at 15 with the Wizards. It's Corey Kispert. Kispert could go higher. Uh, he's the best shooter in the draft. He's also older, and and there's questions about exactly what else he's going to add to the table, even though I think he's a solid defender uh, and you know a solid playmaker. I, I think he does more than shooting. But at his age, I think there's some question marks about where his upside is and where the appropriate place to draft him is, as well as some disappointment about how he played uh, in the Final Four, one of the reasons that he slides. Usman Garuba goes 16 to the Celtics, and one of the reasons that Garuba is starting to rise is he's also playing in, in, in the best league, the Spanish league in Europe. He gets significant minutes. He's only 19 years old. He's already a defensive monster, high motor, athletic, just really crushes it on, on the defensive end. And if, you've, if you think about Boston and, and what they need, having more big men, especially big men that can defend, uh, is something that, you know, they've got Robert Williams III, they got an aging Tristan Thompson. Uh, I just think there's a lot that he brings to the table for the Celtics. And again, a guy who, despite his age, has a better chance of stepping in and playing right away because he's playing at such a high level in Europe um, right now. I'm just kind of moving through the through the list right now. I'm not going to go over every pick. If you want to get every pick, you're going to have to go over to the website and and check out uh, the Mock Draft 1.1 over there. Uh, there's some trades that are happening. Oklahoma City th uh, Thunder will get the 18th pick in the draft. Um, that comes uh, via the Miami Heat at 18. The Knicks have the 19th and 21st picks in the draft, and that 21st pick comes via the Dallas Mavericks. There was, a again, a, uh, a couple of tiebreakers. Uh, the Knicks actually tied with the Hawks uh, for the same record. The Knicks won that tiebreaker. And then the Mavs, Lakers, and Blazers all tied 
uh, for the next worst record after that. And the Mavs won that. And it just so happens that the Mavs are sending that pick onto the Knicks. So the Knicks get 19 and 21. This is the part of the draft, by the way, that consensus just completely begins to break down and and teams are all over the place about who the best prospects are. There's really intriguing young prospects like Isaiah Jackson, uh, for example, or Sharif Cooper or Kai Jones out of Texas or Zaire Williams uh, out of Stanford, but guys that have like really scary floors. And so you're drafting a guy and hoping that maybe like Jaden McDaniels, he becomes something, but there's a big risk involved. And then mixed in with players like that are are more proven prospects like James Booknight out of UConn, the shooting guard out of UConn, uh, Trey Mann, who's had a couple of years under his belt of Florida, Chris Duarte, who I have the Lakers taking at 22, uh, who is 23.9 years. He's going to be 24 years old on draft night. That's five years younger than Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, that's that's pretty crazy um, if you think about it. Five years difference between Kaminga. Usually the track record for older players in the draft isn't great, which is why there's some concern about Donovan Mitchell. There's some uh, concern about Corey Kispert here. Uh, Chris Duarte is by far the grandfather uh, of this group. He's, he's 18, 19 months older than Davian Mitchell is um, right now, and and teams are concerned about that. But man, he was terrific this year, and an experienced defender can make the make plays on both ends of the floor, can really shoot the basketball, and watch for teams like the Lakers, uh, the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks could take him at 19 or 21. Uh, Tom Thibodeau, player all the way. Atlanta Hawks. Uh, you know some of these teams that are gunning for. A player that can help them right now. Duarte's that guy, and you know the upside's not going to be that high. He is what he is. He's he's a you know not that much younger, like you know two years younger than uh, Julius Randle, for example, uh, of the Knicks right now, and so who's been in the league forever, and so that that gives you some idea of 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 you know what teams are wrestling with with a player like him, but he. He has that that ability, I think, uh, to be you know someone who is the most plug and play guy in this draft. After like you know with Jared Butler and Davian Mitchell and Corey Kispert, like you kind of know those guys can step onto the court and play right now. Duarte's that. After that, you, you really got again guys like Jaden Springer, Johnny Juzang, Greg Brown out of Texas. What a huge enigma he is right now. Isaiah Todd. Uh, I have in in my uh, first round at the G League Ignite um, Center, Matthew Mayer, who is a little bit older. He's 21 years old, but never started for Baylor. Uh, Interesting. Cam Thomas is a freshman. Uh, One of my sleepers is the guy that I have going 30 to the Jazz right now, which is Chris Smith out of UCLA, uh, who likely would have been a, just given the trajectory, a late lottery pick, mid first round pick, had he not torn his ACL eight games into the season. Uh, he's 6'9 wing, uh, who's athletic, can shoot the basketball, can guard multiple positions. He was a really young senior at 21.6 uh, uh, years old, so really about a year younger than most of his class right now. Another guy that is not declared for the draft, and some questions from NBA teams, we'll see what happens in the next few days. He might, might end up declaring whether that injury is 
to the point that he feels like it would be better to go back to UCLA and completely rehab there um, than, than slide in the draft because of an injury where, you know, eight games into the season, it's a little bit unlikely that, you know, Chris Smith, you know, is going to be playing again anytime soon uh, for the NBA team. And so, you know, maybe he goes back to college and, and works on it there. Be interesting decision to see where he goes. Really, those are the only two guys that we're really trying to figure out that are left. A couple of other trades just to talk about the Blazers are going to trade their pick. 23rd pick uh, to Houston Rockets. The Rockets are going to get that pick uh, at 23. And then the Rockets pick again at 24. Uh, this one uh, via the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and that's that's the Houston Rockets. And, and so if the Rockets get a top four pick, then they're going to have also the 23rd and 24th pick in the draft. If for some reason the Rockets lose that pick, so they pick so they slide to fifth, and therefore Oklahoma City steps in and takes that fifth pick. Then they're going to get Oklahoma City's pick that they got from the Miami Heat, which is 18. And so there's a scenario where the Rockets pick one through four and then 23 and 24, or the Rockets pick 18th and uh, 23 and 24. I mean, what a, what a huge swing for the Houston Rockets on draft night. And again, that's about a 52% chance that the Rockets are going to keep that lottery pick. If they lose that, that sets back their rebuild like big time. I mean, they are by far the biggest losers in the draft if, if something like that were to happen because this team went all in on uh, on rebuilding right now to, to miss out on a top four pick could be really, really tough. Of course, Oklahoma City is sitting there crossing their fingers because their rebuild is supercharged if they end up with top five picks. And so that's going to be one of the most interesting things to look for uh, on draft night. The, the Clippers and Nuggets uh, finished with the same record. The Clippers won uh, that coin toss. And so the Clippers picked 25th. The Nuggets uh, picked 26th. The Brooklyn Nets are picking at 27. 76ers at 28. Phoenix Suns at 29. Utah Jazz um, at 30. And again, where that top five is getting somewhat solidified, and then I would say, you know, six through 12 to 15, depending on where you're talking about with NBA teams, there's getting to be some level of consistency about the names that are sort of being mentioned there. It really does start to get wide open uh, on that, especially as like you get into the 20s. I've heard names of guys that I have in the 40s or even 50s, and uh, I'm working on all that now. So when we come back next week, a couple of things are going to happen. One is the deadline for underclassmen to declare for the to declare for the draft is on May 30th, and so hopefully early into the next week we will have an official list from the NBA of the underclassmen that are in. Also, seniors had the strange ability this year to get an extra season from uh, their college team because of all the things that happened with COVID. And so this year, and this year only, seniors actually had to declare for the draft. So we'll we'll have a better idea of actually who's in this draft. Now, of course, some of those players are in this draft, but they haven't necessarily committed to staying in the draft. They haven't hired an agent. There's the possibility that they could come back 
uh, to school. And so we'll, you know, we'll be watching that uh, closely as well. If you're wondering who those players are, Isaiah Jackson uh, is a player that's keeping his eligibility um, open right now. Uh, Max uh, Asmus uh, out of Oral Roberts, Marcus Bagley out of Arizona State, keeping his options open right now. Johnny Juzang out of UCLA, Matthew Mayer out of Baylor, uh, options open. Miles McBride, point guard out of West Virginia, keeping options open right now. Terrence Shannon Jr. out of uh, Texas Tech, uh, options are open right now. Pretty much everybody else that we're th- talking about in the first round is in the draft, and so there's there's a few guys that you know probably based off of what happens uh, at the pre-draft camp that also happens that week of June 21st um, in Chicago will determine whether they stay uh, in the draft or not. Uh, I expect a, a few of them, like Isaiah Jackson, will for sure be staying in, just just given where he's projected in the draft. But it's it's definitely a bigger question mark for some of the other players. But we'll know who that that group is. I'm in the process of getting feedback right now. A lot of these guys are working with agents, what have you. So we'll have Big Board 5.0, our fifth Big Board of the year. That'll come out next week, and we'll go 30 deep, and then the week later we'll go 80 deep. And so there'll, there'll be a lot of, lot of prospects there, and we'll have a good feel who, who the top 80 players are uh, in this draft. And so that's something to look forward to. We'll talk about some of that uh, on our podcast. But again, if you go over to the website, www.nbabigboard.com, uh, subscribe. You can get all that information uh, when it's released. Really appreciate you listening uh, to the podcast and, and sticking with us. we got the best two months ahead of us now. June and July is when the draft gets gets really exciting and uh, looking forward to the next two months of talking NBA draft and getting more excited about what actually is going to come July 29th, NBA draft, June 22nd, draft lottery, week of June 22nd, NBA draft combine. So much good stuff coming. Stick with us here on the NBA Big Board podcast and over on the website and the email subscription service, nbabigboard.com. You've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Aloha. Aloha.